Sports Talk now is joined by Trevor McEwen, a former sports administrator, former sports journalist, now a freelancer in that trade, who penned a very interesting story on Business Desk, the inside NRL's battle to take on the All Blacks. Pete, my interest, uh, Trevor, around a number of points you made, uh, predominantly uh, the move of the NRL to establish themselves further in New Zealand with the huge war chest they've got and the fact they need the presence over here in Aotearoa. Trevor, this has been a long-running story. It's always, when is the second team going to come? If it does, where is it going to be? What makes things different this time around? And welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Evening to you, Darcy, and to your listeners. Um, You're right. Look, there's been a fascination with this subject for a long time, the the, the league versus rugby war. Um, A lot of false dawns, a lot of false battles. uh, But... um, there is a big difference this time around, I think, for a number of reasons. And the key, and it really starts with the fact that, and you just alluded to it, Darcy, is that the NRL are cashed up. And um, and they've got the they've got New Zealand rugby in those cashed up crosshairs. The reason they cashed up is that uh, they've just pulled together some extraordinary broadcasting contracts in the last year or so. Um, they've renewed with Fox Sports in Australia around their pay TV platform. They're just about to close a billion-dollar deal, not billions, billion-dollar deal with Channel 9 for free-to-air product. And they did a deal with Sky earlier this year, which has been quite substantial. It's a, uh, Australian media reported at Darcy as a 70% increase, um, which is obviously part of the competitive tension that now exists in that market with Spark Sport being around. Um uh, and the NRL have been beneficiaries of that. Uh, the, the Aussie media reported that the previous deal over five years was worth $90 million, um, total. Um, this one's up around $160 million. Now, that, important to clarify, Darcy, that doesn't start until 2023. There's one more year of Sky's existing NRL deal before they enter into the, into the fifth one. That's when the money kicks up. But it's also when the NRL is looking at um, bringing in their 17th club from Brisbane, the Dolphins, of course, and have really got um, their eyes on expansion. Um, and expansion needs a couple of things, really. It needs it needs the interest in behind the sport, but it also needs the players to make sure that new franchises are, are competitive. And that's part of the reason why they are eyeing um, uh, a New Zealand with such uh, zeal, Darcy, is that if you go back to the days of, say, Olsen Filipana, Mark Graham, um, the Sorensen brothers playing in the old Winfield Cup, as it was then, the um, Polynesian and Maori players um, represented about 10% of a, of, a, of a club roster. That's now 45%. At under 20 level, it's nudging 60%. Um, this is a game that we've clearly seen the Polynesians uh, and Maori and, and Pakeha, of course, as well, really take to, and there's, there's stars, Tongan and New Zealand stars at every franchise. Um, the NRL sees an opportunity to, to, to um, advance that and to move on that um, and to really take on rugby in New Zealand in terms of not just as a viewer sport, uh, it, it, it's effectively a two-pronged attack. They want to win the eyeballs with, um, um, with, uh, with great games and they've got a free-to-air package they'll, they'll do to reach the people they can't through Sky, but they also want to see Rugby League become the preferred career path for, if you like, the gifted um, 13 to 20-year-old um, Kiwi, be he Maori, Pakeha, 
Polynesian, and now our women, of course, as well. I can't leave them out, Darcy, but they um, look at New Zealand as really fertile ground. They see rugby as being vulnerable, vulnerable perhaps um, the most vulnerable they've been in the quarter century. That's a view I share. Um, uh, they've got to get it right, though. It's, it's one thing to have this money, but um, they are going to throw a lot of money at marketing, They're going to throw a lot of money at development pathways. Um, they will create new competitions. They will work with the New Zealand Rugby League to ensure the Kiwis are competitive. They will work with Tonga and Samoa to build um, their test teams. And, you know, what you could have, Das, um, at the, um, after the NRL is potentially a... Um, um, a, a quadrangular South Pacific test series between Fiji, sorry, Fiji, uh, Tonga, Samoa, the Kiwis and Australia. And I know, Darcy, I think you were there that night at Eden Park when the Australians <laughs> got rolled by Tonga. Um, one of the most vibrant atmospheres I've ever um, seen or experienced in, in close to 50 years of, of being involved with sport. Um, they've, they've got the, the, the key thing here is that... Um, this is a neat direct rhetoric because they've actually got the money to do this. That's, that is what's changed now predominantly. It's the money because we hear this all the time. It's this ever-revolving story. We're interested. You've got the talent. You've got the broadcast. You've got the players, so on and so forth. But nothing ever eventuates. Why should this be different? Is, is it purely based on the fact they've got the financial muscle now? Yeah, I think that's that's one part of it. Um, differences here league's never been on free-to-wear in this country. Part of the Sky deal um, um, obliges them to release certain product to be on free-to-wear. Now, that'll be a State of Origin game every year, an Anzac um, uh, uh, match uh, the Anzac weekend, which will almost certainly be the Storm and the Warriors, I would have thought. Um, uh, uh, also a finals match and whatnot. And it's quite rare, um, rugby's pretty much been the only sport that's been able to do it, as you know, to get your product in New Zealand consistently on free-to-wear more than one game, but also on pay. And it's Nirvana, really, for a sport. But um, So for the first time, leagues going to have the opportunity to reach all those people who don't have Sky. Um, they will be working with the New Zealand Rugby League around pathways and, 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 and competitions because part of this is also providing something for that multi-talented 18-year-old who could go the league way or could go the rugby way. And, and rugby has tended, I think you'd agree, Das, to get maybe nine out of ten of those players. Um, the NRL wants to change that. I think they have the ability to do it. They certainly have the administrators. They are not afraid to tinker with their game. Like I said, they, they're a speedboat compared to um, uh, to world rugby. And that's the problem I, I feel for New Zealand rugby because I know what they're trying to achieve. But it's going to be pretty hard. And I think the other problem, Darcy, is I think Super Rugby's days as the premier club slash franchise competition in world rugby, ahead of the French competition, the Japanese competition, the English, the Pro 14, all these, those days are gone. And sadly, I don't think they're going to retain it. I, I, I welcome seeing the two new teams, particularly, particularly Moana Pacifica. But I think that comp is going to be probably, you know, be lucky if it's the third best comp in the world. Is there the support here financially as backing for a club, though, if it was to be based in Wellington? Are there enough rugby league-orientated sponsors around here to help this and maintain this from a Wellington, let's take a Wellington point of view, for example? 
Well, if you use the model of the admission of um, the Brisbane-based Dolphins, whom Wayne Bennett will coach from next year when they enter the comp, that effectively has been financed by the um, uh, by the increase in broadcasting money. Because the clubs predictably um, uh, run their own agendas, and they would not uh, they would not have admitted the Dolphins if if, if they were going to lose any money out of it. So they said very clearly to the NRL, um, you must finance this. Now, I think that will be the same with the 18th club that they'll need to introduce to stop a buy. And I also wouldn't be surprised if that they move to a dual conference system at that, at that same time. As to where it should be, Darcy, my, my personal view is I'd like to see it in Christchurch. I think that the new stadium down there needs an anchor tenant beyond the Crusaders who only play for four months of the year. Um, I think, um, and Christchurch, South Island, if you look at the West Coast, great pedigree of, of rugby league players, um, uh, great nurseries down there. I think it's Aranui High down there that has um, produced a host of um, top league players. Um, I'd like to see it out of Christchurch and maybe playing a couple of home games um, in Wellington. Um, but the, the situation at the moment is that there's been no noise out of Christchurch in terms of any consortiums. The only noise has been out of Wellington from uh, a consortium run by Andrew Chalmers, the former um, New Zealand Rugby League chairman, uh, the Wellington Orcas, uh, being talked about for some time. But who knows? Um, I think with what the NRL is trying to do, there may be some innovative people in Christchurch who go, you know what, we got to have this. Well, we will see the clock ticks and let's hope it's not another false storm. We've had so many of these. Trevor McEwen, thank you very much for joining the program. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, Darcy.